are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I would take you tonight and try to help you uh, to find the strength that you need for whatever you have to have and have to meet in life. If you'll turn with me to the book of Nehemiah, we'll find some words there that uh, I searched out some time ago for my own personal needs and where I might uh, find the strength that I would need every day. Because there's a challenge every day. There's a battle to meet every day or maybe some weeping that must be done that day. Uh, maybe we are down and really need to get up on this day like no other day. But every day there's that needed strength that we need. And we know the normal places uh, where we find strength uh, from the Lord, of course. But I want to take you to a place in the Bible. I want to take you to an account in the scripture where I believe for me is, is the most credible, most unbelievable uh, record of a great work being done by people that you just would not think that this was the type of people that could rise up, find enough strength to do anything for God. Uh, it's a challenge in the scripture for a man, not necessarily a preacher, but uh, a man who will take on a burden, take on a challenge to go to get a people and to get them up and to do something from God. And we won't be able to deal with the, with the first part of the message so that we can just get to the last part of the message. It's a two-message part. And I want to deal with the second part. Only to say unto you, when we read the book of Nehemiah, you read about a man. Yes, a man. A saved man. Uh, not an ordained evangelist, not an ordained missionary, not an ordained pastor, just a cupbearer, just a cupbearer, just a man. Let me encourage you men who sit in the pew. You don't have to be wait, wait to be ordained by a church to get up and do something for God. There's something you can do. There's a challenge that God may lay on your heart. And here we find that Nehemiah is a cupbearer. But he's a man with a burden. He's a man with a broken heart. And a man that burns has a burning heart. Something just rises up within him to want to do something for God. Do the thing that he feels like God wants him to do. He hasn't been sanctioned by any committee. <laughs> Amen. Just him and God. And he feels from God and from the testimony that he's heard of his people who 
were now living in the regret of their forefathers. Living in the refuge of their forefathers. In Judah. And they come to him in chapter 1 of the book of Nehemiah. And the Bible says in verse 1, And the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hachaliah, and it came to pass in the month of Kislu, in the twentieth year, that I was in Shushan, the palace. Keep in mind, here's a man that was in a comfortable position. He had no ordinary reason to leave his comfort and travel to take on an unbelievable task. And yet his heart burned and broken and burdened to do that. And Hanani, one of the brethren, came, and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. The refuge that Nebuchadnezzar left, of the walls being dead, the gates down to that great, great city, the city of God, Jerusalem. And for all of these many years now, and the ancestors living still in that refuge, as described in verse 3, And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down. The gates thereof are burned with fire. Came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days, fasted and prayed before the God of heaven, and I and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven. The great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee day and night for the children of thy servants. And confess of the sins of the children of Israel, which have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. What he heard broke his heart. But the broken heart became a burdened heart. It became a burning heart. To do something about it. He, he wasn't the man who say, well, I... My ancestors got them into that trouble and their ancestors can, they can get out of it. I'm, I'm comfortable where I am. Here's a man who was willing to take on someone else's burdens. And not only take on their burdens, he was willing to raise something back up which was a testimony of God. This old world that's trying to get together with all of the religions are saying the walls need to come down. I'm here to tell you, honey, there's some walls we need to build back again. Yeah. Mm. 
Here's a man that got a burden. Go back and build those walls. That was the city. The city of God. Those many gates, the water gate, fish gate, and all the gates around there. Everything in ruin. And here was a cupbearer. All he had to go on and leave on was the burden that God put on his heart and the king recognizing it asked what his burden was and when you read the story, the king gave him letters to get help when he got there. And so some man in this congregation, if you want to get up and do something, hey, you already got the letters. You got the letters. He was asking the king if he would give him letters so that when he got there, that those people around the land who had provisions that he might need to build those walls and gates back, uh, they could, you take, he could take those letters and, and they would help him. Hey, I guarantee you, brother, there's some letters in here that will tell you where you can get the help to get the job done. Well, that's the first part. I can't preach that part of the message. Unbelievable task to go and take a people that you'd never get those people to rise out of their reproach and to rise up out of uh, their downfalling and their everything that was empty in their lives and in their homes and get a people like that to do something but he did he did and the bible says when you read those first chapters and in the opposition it records that so built we the walls thank god for that when you get over to chapter 8 now something vital is important to keep it going and keep the things and, and keep on going and being strong. In chapter 8, verse 1, while you're there now, and all the people gathered themselves together as one man in the street that was before the water gate and spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses. Man, you're, you're getting in the right way when you say bring the book out. When you bring the book out, and the Bible says they listened, the Bible says in chapter verse 9 that they wept when they read the word and how that they, their forefathers, and they were still living in the waste of the sinfulness of their forefathers, they, they wept in verse 9 when they heard the words of the Lord, and then Ezra encourages them. Brokenhearted, people living in reproach, great affliction. Now he gives them a word of encouragement. Thank God if you want to do something and you want to live for God, there is a place for encouragement. Amen. And here's, here's my message text tonight. Yes, Amen. Then Ezra, he said unto them, go your way. And eat the fat and drink the sweet. Send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. And there was great poverty. 
For this day is holy unto our Lord, and neither be ye sorry for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You can live off of the joy of the Lord. Don't you like to be around a joyful Christian? Huh? Don't you like to be with somebody who, and no matter what they're going through, at least they got a God's good. They got a smile. <laughs> Even if they just lost their job, but they still say, you know, the Lord's still on the throne. He's good. He's God. I remember in, in Atlanta when I pastored there for the 20 years when the Eastern Airlines closed, shut down. So many of them were members in my church. And, and one of the dear members, uh, the wives, said unto me, well, said preacher, said, I'm telling you, you know, God is good. The old devil, though, he's, he's pulled the rug out from under us. I said, yeah, but don't forget God owns the floor. Amen. There's always a floor to stand on. And here Ezra said, the joy, the joy of the Lord. That's your strength. We know we get strength from the Lord. We know all about that. But I looked at that and, and I just, I said, well, you know, if the joy of the Lord is my strength, well, where do I go to get that joy? What do I have to do to have that joy in my life regardless? So I just began to go to the Word of God. And I went to the Word of God and first of all I found that, that my joy, which gives me strength, comes from forgiveness with the forgiveness of sin. That's where the joy bells start ringing. Hey, wasn't it a good day when you got saved? Uh -huh. Well, if you don't get over it, it's going to keep on being good. <laughs> and a lot do get over it. Forgiveness with sin. And so I, I began to look the Bible and I found in Psalm 132, 16, it said, I will also clothe her priests with salvation and her saints shall shout aloud with joy. I read over in, in Isaiah 61.10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, and my soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. Hey, when you got saved, that's where the joy started. I don't have time to depart from that, but boy, you can think on that a long time. You can be joyful over the fact that your sin debt's been paid for. Man, you can find some joy. You can live off of that every day that you're not going to hell when you die. Hey, you can live off of that every day, uh, that salvation experience, knowing that, hey, when you leave this old house, there's a bigger one and a better one waiting when you get there. Hey, well, I better move on. I like what it said in Isaiah 12, though, verse 3. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the well of salvation. Mm -hmm. Salvation is like a well 
that never dries up. You can always put your bucket down and find some water. You'll find some water. May I say to you, when the well of wealth dries up, the well of salvation still got water in it. When the well of health goes dry, the well of salvation still got some water in it. When the well of fame fades and dries up, the well of salvation still got water in it. And it doesn't make you an effort. What dries up in your life, I'm here to tell you, you can go back to that day. He can drop that bucket down into that well. And you can start pulling up out of that well a lot to be joyful about. Knowing that no matter what you've lost in this life, when Jesus Christ died on Calvary, he died to restore better than what you lost in this lifetime. If you lose a house in this lifetime, you got a better one in the next. If this old body wears out in this one, you got a better one in the next. Come on now. I'm here to tell you, there's a well that never goes dry. Where? The well of salvation. Hey, I'm happy tonight. I'm saved. By the grace of God, I'm saved. Hey, no matter what else, if I never said anything else, I could say, well... I can find joy there when I can't find it anywhere else. I'll find it there. Well, I've lost all my friends. Well, drop your bucket in the well and find that Jesus is a friend like no other. Amen. Hmm. Joy. Where do you find your joy? Well, it comes with not only the forgiveness of sin for salvation, but it comes with forgiveness of sin after we've been saved. Psalm 1611, Thou wilt show me the path of life, and in thy presence is fullness of joy. At the right hand, and there are pleasures forevermore. And so much we could say about you can find your joy which will give you strength to get back up or keep right on going, continue to meet that challenge just in salvation and forgiveness. Joy, where do you find it? You find it in trials. Joy comes from trials. Well, how can that be? Well, I, in my searching of the scripture, I found in Hebrews 12, in verse 2, where the Bible said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, the joy that was set before him, him endured the cross and despising the shame, is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. How in the world could Christ find joy in going to Calvary, enduring the cross? It was joyful to know that he was going to do and would do and did do the Father's will. Don't you feel good 
when you just go ahead no matter what the price you have to pay to finish the work that God calls you to do? Don't you feel good even though it costs you? Boy, it just makes you feel good in your soul. When you stood up, you stayed up, and you went out of this old world standing up. You just didn't give in. You felt good that, thank God, you met the battle. You came away with some wounds and shed a little blood, but I'm glad, thank God, I didn't compromise along the way. I didn't give up anything. I just finished that which God gave me to do. And it's caused me, I'm dripping in blood, but I thank God for it. Amen. There's joy in doing the Father's will. Testing is always woven into the Christian life. And whatever God allows to touch our lives... You can be assured that he'll bestow the grace and the power to see you through it. I have a little saying that I say that the task of the battle before you is never greater than the power you have behind you. And you got the power of the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit And boy, when you go ahead and meet those trials, you come out feeling like the disciples did in Acts chapter 5 and verse 4, 41. And they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Aren't you glad he didn't give in? Let's not give in either. And so much I could say about Joy, where does it come from? It comes from being victorious in your Christian life. No matter what the price. You feel good about yourself. (laughs) You don't go home in shame. But you're joyful even though you've been beaten. Where does joy come from? It comes from the scripture. I found that out. It comes from the scripture. The Bible says in John 17, 13, And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have joy, my joy, fulfilled in themselves. Hey, you're going to tank up on joy early in the morning, get in the book. Hey, you're going to find something maybe that can make you kick your heels up about. Boy, you may find the very thing, God has the very thing you need for that day that you're down and the battle that you're about to meet. You'll find the very part of the Word of God that's going to help you in that day. Hey, joy comes from the Word of God. John 15, 11, These things have I spoken unto you, Jesus said, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy may be Full. Hey, you want to get tanked up? Get on the Word of God. I stay in the Word of God. Boy, when you read the Word of God and read about all of those promises that He has made and all those promises He's already kept in your life, hey, buddy, that ought to get you going and make you feel a little better. 
Great joy when I read his promises. Great joy when I read what he's done. And then the reading of them. The Bible says the reading of them in Psalm 119.72. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. In Psalm 119.103. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. You want strength? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Go to the well. Go to the Word. And then joy comes from answered prayer. Boy, there's nothing set you on fire when you know you've prayed and God's answered a prayer. Boy, that'll lift you up. That'll get you going. That, that just causes something to rise up in you. Sometimes it gets high enough to raise your hand and say, well, hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. Glory to God. Boy, you can't hardly wait to tell somebody else about it. When you get a prayer answered. The Bible says in the book of, I, uh, book of John chapter 16 and in verse 12, you know, pray. Herein have you asked nothing in my name. Ask. And you shall receive that your joy may be full. You want joy? Be a prayer warrior. Pray prayers. Get prayers answered. That'll help you. You prayed for my wife. And I was with her. We just stepped out. To go out to eat that evening. I was going to take her out to eat. If she had enough money, I asked her. And uh, she said she did. And we'd just gotten out and trying to get in the car. And she couldn't quite get her legs in the car. And uh, then she kept leaning over a little more. A little further and a little further to me. Which would have been on her left side. And, and then her mouth began to slur. A little bit. And I knew she was having a stroke because she couldn't get her legs in the car. So I quickly ran around, took her in my arms, and helped to get her back into the house and called the emergency people. And they got there within 10 minutes. And they examined her and found that she couldn't move her left leg. She couldn't move her left arm. And her left features were pulled to the side and my heart broke because she was hurting and I was hurting bad. And I began to pray right away, oh God, would you help my sweetheart? Lord, would you help her? I need her. She's a faithful, she loves you. Would you do something for her? My daughter was there by then who lived just a few blocks away and the ambulance driver said we got to get her to the hospital right away and we got her there within an hour and the doctors came in, rushed in and said, Miss Hancock, can you move your right arm? And she raised it up and she's, he said, well, can you move your left one? And she raised her right one again. 
said, how about your right leg? Can you lift it? And she did. And said, can you lift your left one now? And she lifted her right one again. So they rushed her right in to do a scan on her right away. They said to try to find out what kind of stroke it was. By then, my daughters were praying. and We made some calls and we just took it to the throne. And they brought her back after the scan. And she began to come out of it. And then it hit her again. So they wanted to take her back and do an MRI right away. And she came back from the MRI. And then she started moving her left leg. They didn't do anything but take some pictures. But while they were taking pictures, God was going a little deeper. And the stain had gone. And suddenly she began to move her leg, her left one. She began to move her arm. And her facial features began to settle back into place. She stayed in the hospital eight days. She never went back. They watched her. They kept her under medication. And tonight... She is in full recovery. She went on a trip with me to preach last, last week. And, hey, do you think I just was walking around saying, boy, I'm glad of that. <laughs> Man, I was having a fit. <laughs> hey, buddy, my joy bells were ringing. Prayer was answered. Hey, you want to get you want to get your prayers answered? You want to get some new strength? You have some prayer answered? Hey, he said here, hitherto be asked nothing in my name, asking ye receive that your joy may be full. Where does joy come from? It comes from worship quickly. Isaiah thirty-five ten, and uh, the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon the heart. And they shall obtain joy and gladness. Sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Go to the house of God. Stay in the house of God. Sit in every part of it. Boy, there's just something happens to you when you get in the house of God. Even though you come in feeling bad and you're feeling down somehow, the right songs are sung that day. Somehow the right message is preached that day. The Holy Spirit already knows what he needs to do. And he's busy doing it during the whole thing going on. And boy, after getting in the house of God, you come in down. But now you're going out feeling good. It's good to stay in the house of God. Where'd joy come from? I'm hurrying. Joy comes from the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's no wonder that for many reasons we are told to not be drunk with wine where in excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. The being filled with the Holy Spirit does many things for us. But one of the things it does for us, being filled with the Holy Spirit, it means your joy level is really up. And I thought about this this afternoon, Pastor. Just this afternoon I thought about this as I read this scripture again. Being filled with the Holy Spirit 
brings joy. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're filled with one just like him. For he said, I, when I leave you, he said, I'll send another just like me. <laughs> when you're full of the Holy Spirit of God, you're just getting full of Jesus. <laughs> and brother, you can't be around him and get down. And so joy comes from the Holy Spirit, walking in the Spirit. The Bible says in Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace and long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Where does joy come from? Joy comes from soul winning. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall, shout, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Hey, if you're down and you feel bad, go door knocking. And if you win somebody to Jesus, and brother, if that doesn't pep you up a little bit, you need to come back and talk to somebody. Boy, when you have the opportunity to lead somebody to Christ, Boy, that really gets you excited. That really gets you going. They that sow in tears, the Bible says, shall reap in joy. Boy, if you want to get, get up, get out, go soul winning, knock on doors, and see somebody get saved. There's rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, and we, there will be rejoicing. The Bible says, the Lord Jesus said, He that goeth and findeth that one lost sheep, comes back bringing him on his shoulders rejoicing. Some of the greatest moments in my life when I'm down is just get out of here, get out of the office, go find somebody and try to win them to Jesus. That'll help me to get back. I can study better doing that. We lived in Arkansas. Next door to us was a uh, Catholic couple, an elderly Catholic couple. Uh, the dear lady was, for the most part, invalid. Uh, she didn't get out, couldn't get out much. And my wife had befriended her and had spent some time with her. And before we left, our, just before we left Arkansas, we, uh, she had had more heart trouble and uh, had to have two stents put in. And she was recovering from that but doing well. And uh, I went on to church that morning, and she said, well, I'm going next door and talk to the, to the lady next door while you're gone, spend some time with her. And uh, her husband, who's Catholic, his sister was a nun. Uh, he had, went to, had gone to Catholic Mass. And uh, so when I got home that day, boy, my wife, she was up, I mean, she was on cloud night. She was rejoicing. She was having a time. I said, honey, what's going on here in Arkansas? She said, you know, she said, I went over, and I forget the dear lady's name. It said, you know, uh, the, the, the fellow's name, let me see, was Don. He had gone to Catholic Mass, so I went over to visit with her. And would you know, she said, I had the opportunity to lead her to Christ. Amen. And she said, we had just got through praying when Don came back from Catholic Mass. And uh, I told Don, the neighbor said, uh, I was just talking with your wife. 
and said, we were talking about the things of the Lord in heaven and being saved and, and uh, your wife has just accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as her personal Savior. Don hadn't sitting down yet. He was still standing there. He had just come from Mass and he said, well, maybe I need the same thing. She said, sit down. He came from Mass. She led him to the Lord. No wonder she was rejoicing. When I come home, boy, she was happy. Man, there's rejoicing over the winning of a soul to the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to strengthen your life, you know where you can get some joy from? Go soul winning. Go soul winning. I came home one afternoon uh, back in Atlanta, and uh, we had carpet on the floor, and we had to hire one of those special carpet cleaners to come out and do the job and and I came home and boy she was on cloud nine again I said what in the world happened she said you won't believe it I led the cleaning man of the Lord I got on the plane about just three months ago coming out of Newport News and sitting next to me was a young soldier dressed ready for battle and I said to the young man I said young man where are you headed he said I'm headed back to Iraq and I said uh, you've already been one time he said yes sir he said I'm going back my second time I said well I guess you've lost some of your best friends over there he said yes sir we have I pulled out a track. We and I started talking a little bit to make the story short because I'm probably running overtime tonight. But uh, I said to him, son, are you a Christian, young man? Are you saved? He said, no, sir. And we talked and I said, you'd like to be saved, wouldn't you? He said, yes, sir, I would. And so we bowed out. He prayed out loud and asked the Lord to save him. I did stay in my seat, but hardly. Hardly. When we got off of the airplane and got on the concourse and he walked that way and I walked that way and I turned around to see him again. His name is Anthony Holmes, just a young man headed for Iraq. And I assured him, I said, son, we'll be praying for you and I'm going to give your name to my church and we'll keep it on the prayer list and pray for you by name. And he turned around to look. And I looked at him. I hope I see him. I know I'll see him again in glory. I felt good going to that meeting. But I didn't need any, any preparation to preach that night when I got there. I was on cloud nine. I already had my day. Well, I'll go ahead and go ahead and close. Where does prayer come from? Prayer and, uh, I mean, joy. Where does joy come from? It comes from seeing him. That's what the Bible says. 1 Peter 1, eight. Whom having not seen you love, and whom though you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable. Well, how are you going to see him? And though you don't visibly see him, you can see him if carefully and prayerfully you go through this book because this is a book about him this is my comfort this blessed old book 
And if you read this book and you walk in the Spirit of God and you have prayer times, there's just times that you just have a feeling and a sense that He's there. And you've been in those times. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.